The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Greetings, humans. You have entered the Command Zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. What's up, everybody? Welcome. You are watching slash listening to the Command Zone podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. And I'm DJ. That's right. We are playing some cards. Actually, we're not playing any cards today. We're playing a set review. It feels like a game because we have in front of us, geez, how many pages is this one? Seven or seven or eight pages in front of us this time. Now, we have done a lot of set reviews for Strixhaven. So just to catch you up as to where we are, this is the new card analysis of cards that go into the 99 from Strixhaven, from C21. Sorry, not Strixhaven. These are the commander decks that go along with uh, command with Strixhaven, the set itself. And this is the second part of that set analysis. Yes. Oh my gosh. So we have broken up these pre-constructed decks and we're going to be going over our red cards and some of them are going to be from the Lorehold deck and others going to be part of the Prismari deck, but we don't care what deck they're a part of. Nope. We want to make sure that we're evaluating them so they can go in your commander decks. Yep. And we have about 32 cards to get through today. Tons of awesome synergies that we're going to be talking about. And if you want to purchase any of those synergies and put them into your deck because you're like, dang, I really love this podcast and the power I feel when they talk about those cards, I can have that power too by heading on over to cardking.com slash command zone. That is our affiliate link. You're already going to buy some of these magic cards. Maybe you want to buy the pre-con. Maybe you want to buy the cards to upgrade them. Maybe you just want one of those sweet, sweet singles like our Kalemancer's map. Well, use that affiliate link and you're supporting the podcast. And also while you're at it or at your local game store, pick up some Ultra Pro product because they always suit us up with the best sleeves and the cool, cool... I mean, if you look at this, it's got Osgear the Reconstructor on the back of the sleeve. We've got the best play mats. Every single time we're playing on game nights, if you want to feel like a real game night, well, then you're going to use some of Ultra Pro product. And finally, Finally, last way to support the show is directly at patreon.com slash command zone. You can uh, check out episodes of Game Nights and Extra Turns early. The next Game Nights, DJ, is a pretty good one, I think. Uh, Yeah, it's a pretty good one. Yeah, pretty good guest. And if you want to see that before the rest of the world... It'll be like you're on TMZ and you caught the scoop before anyone else. Uh, make sure you head on over to patreon.com slash command zone. We also shout out one lucky patron every single episode. So this episode is dedicated to Kelsey, Kelsey Smothers. Smothers. Kelsey. You rock. Thank you. Okay, so we're only covering the Commander product today. This is the second part of the set review. The first one you can go ahead and find somewhere on our channel, so make sure you subscribe, hit that notification bell. Let's get right into it, DJ. Um, With uh, some spicy cards in red. Red got some good bumps this time around. It's Audacious Reshapers. Two in red for a 3-3 creature, human artificer. Tap and sacrifice an artifact. Reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal an artifact card. Put that card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Audacious Reshapers deals damage to you equal to the number of cards revealed this way. Do you like the card Madcap Experiment? Uh, kind of. Yeah, well, this is exactly that card, but repeatable on a red creature uh, tapping it. Repeatable is really relevant. I think that a lot of people think about this in one way or the other. It's like, okay, do I have a lot of artifacts and I'm going to hit like a soul ring or some random rock? Or am I trying to cheat something huge into play like platinum Imperion or something like that? Which by the way, madcap experiment uh, sometimes played in singleton decks or other Mm -hmm. things with Platinum Empyrean, because when it enters the battlefield, it tries to deal you damage and your life total can't change. Oh, can't change, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So you kind of like wonder, well, what am I playing? Am I trying to cheat something big or just playing for value? Because this is repeatable, 
it doesn't matter. Yeah, you're just going to play this in your artifact decks. It's got zero activation cost outside of sacrificing that artifact. So Jalira Master Polymorphist is a card in blue that does this for two in the blue, but for the sort of polymorph blue way of doing it. Red does love his artifacts and chain them into place. So we've got Dreddy Scrap Savant, which does a very similar thing. Goblin Engineer slash Goblin Welder. And New Perforos obviously puts giant artifacts into the battlefield as well. So I think it's actually pretty good, but you got to have a pretty high amount of artifacts because you don't want to tap this and you know hermit droid yourself for 15 20 damage before you hit an artifact <laughs> that's right and i think you are going to have like a pretty high concentration of it and i think that it, a lot of other things are going to synergize with it because uh when you have other artifacts that cheat things into play like Doretti, like that goblin welder you put something into your graveyard you Doretti it back uh -huh. you welder it back you turn through your deck like there's a lot of different things that are going to synergize but one thing to keep in mind is that this is not an artifact. Jaredi is not no. an artifact. You know, Goblin Welder is not an artifact. So sometimes you reach a critical mass of non-artifacts in your artifact deck. And so you got to kind of pick and choose. And picking and choosing is actually kind of the fun part. Yeah, and keep in mind, this isn't your commander. You're not going to have it in the command zone when you start. So if you're in a Jaredi deck, this is kind of like another thing that you can use to sack your artifacts, like your Icar Wellsprings. Um, if you have some top deck, Manipulation and Red Scroll Rack uh, is seems like your best option there. Otherwise, maybe you're playing this in the blue-red Artifacts Matter decks, and then you have tons of scry options or cards like Jace the Mind Sculptor to brainstorm and put some things on the top of your library. Totally. So definitely ways to cheat the mana cost in here or just value all the way down. Yep. And you're going to want to make sure you want to sack those artifacts like your wellsprings. Absolutely. Next up, we have Battle Mage's Bracers. Two Woo. red for an artifact equipment. Equipped creature has haste. Whenever an ability of equipped creature is activated, if it isn't a mana ability, you may pay one. If you do, copy that ability. You may oh. choose new targets for the copy. It has equip of two. Okay, so this gives haste, very importantly, because that means you can use the creature that you're trying to maybe copy the ability of, maybe your audacious reshapers that we just talked about. Um, this is basically Illusionist Bracers, but it is, in, it is in red, and it costs one to do whenever you use that ability, if it's not a mana ability. So that's kind of cool. Having another copy of, or a redundant effect in your deck is going to be really important because you have creatures that have really cool activated abilities yeah. and doubling them up is going to be really powerful. And I, I like the trade-off here. A lot of times, Illusionist Bracers, you know, you can go off because it doesn't have that pay one to make yeah. it work, but this gives it haste so you can play the creature and immediately get your value. Yeah, and if you're a deck that really wants one Illusionist Bracers, maybe you want two. The haste is really important here. You could play your Cranko Mob Boss and use it the same turn if you equip it. Uh, Magda, Brazen Outlaw seems like a pretty good one to double up. Heartless Hidetsugu, everyone's favorite. Pretty sure that just kind of murders everyone on the spot. Um, you've got Felon of the Third Path, who's trying to treat, cheat out giant artifact creatures from your grave or to the battlefield. Atla Palani, a shout out to uh, Ashlyn Rose, because you want to sacrifice your little eggs and get two huge activations. So I actually like this a lot. Um, Illusionist Bracers is just one of those cards that I remember talking about so much when we first started playing Commanders. Like, this is so busted and broken. But giving it haste is really important. The equip cost is a little steep at two, but again, very powerful effect. Like DJ wrote down here, a lot of Commanders want this effect, mm -hmm. and yours might as well. All right. Next up in red, we got Creative Technique, which is, I believe, a Prismari person teaching a Lorehold uh, student how to do something. It's four in a red for a sorcery. It's got the keyword demonstrate, and I'll explain that after this is done, after we read the rest of the card. Shuffle your library, then reveal cards from the top of it until you reveal a non-land card. 
exile that card and put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order, you may cast the exile card without paying its mana cost. And Demonstrate says that when you cast this spell, you can choose to copy it so that you have two versions of it. But if you do, you have to give an opponent a copy of it as well. So most important about this card, you cannot top deck manipulate the things here. You have to shuffle their, your library and then reveal cards until you get to a non-land. But then you can cast it for free. And you also aren't going to whiff because it's not like you're flipping over the top of your deck like a Chaos Warp or something like ah, that. Ah, yes. Where it's like, oh, I, I whiffed. No, like you're going to go until you actually get a spell and you're going to be able to cast that spell. And so sometimes casting can be relevant too. Yeah. Um, Would you give this to an opponent? Seems kind of scary. I think that you'd want to make some deals for it. But honestly, like you're you're doing a whole random thing in yourself. Like you could pay five mana, randomly get a soul ring or mana rock or something like that. Like I'm wondering what kind of deck this goes in where you have so much top end that you want to cheat something into play yeah. for, for five, which is a lot. It is know? a lot. Yeah. Maybe Joyra of the Gitsu who's trying to suspend stuff at La Polani. Like we just said, Atali decks you wrote down primal storm is all about getting stuff off the top of the library. That is big and scary. Yeah. But think of, think of your, your, your curve, you know, think of like your average, yeah. converted mana cost is it less than five because then you're losing out on mana value right you know what i mean but there's that demonstrate like you mentioned would you give this to an opponent yeah i like demonstrate i think that you can wheel and deal politically i think i could make a deal with you jimmy probably I you mean, would take this deal come oh, on i i mean i would take it, the deal because i could reveal something crazy off the top of my library but then you promise it doesn't go at me Right? Yeah, but at the same time, you could also just reveal, like you said, a one-drop, a two-drop, a cultivate, right? There's a lot of different things that this could hit that aren't amazing. And the fact that you can't stack the top of your library makes this a very creative way to see what's on top. Maybe twice. Who knows? But you could... Like if you, you know that there could be some unevenness because if yeah. you have a low to the ground deck and I have an Atali deck that's cheating crazy things into play, then you can just hope just by odds or statistics that my stuff's going to be better than yours. Yeah. And then you spin the wheel. Feels red. Maybe if you find someone with an X, like an X step bell deck, Ooh. like a Gargos deck, you'd be like, "Here, you definitely take whatever's on top Jeez, of your library." He's meta gaming like crazy. It's a I zero zero it. or a Zexara deck. All right, all right, let's go. This was one of our favorite cards from the Lorehold precon. Yes. It's called the Cursed Mirror. Two and a red for an artifact. You can just tap it to add a red. It's pretty good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's not uh, pretty good. That's that's very bad as yeah. far as three mana rocks go. Exactly. But there's more text. There we go. As Curse Mirror enters the battlefield, you may have it become a copy of any creature on the battlefield oh. until end of turn, except it has haste. Okay, now we're talking. Uh, and it's going to stop becoming that copy, right? Yeah. Until end of turn. Until end of turn. So this is a great card because one... A three CMC mana rock isn't amazing. You have so many that can add any color that you want. But in this case, this is a great rock that is good early and even better the later on the game gets because you might be able to copy something super scary and it gets haste. The The thing is that sometimes you're going to draw mana rock late in the game. It's just going to do nothing and you're going to feel bad. You're like, all right, I guess I'll play yeah, it. Oh, poop. Or maybe I'll have something else to do with it. But this gets better in the late game because if you look at the board, there can be crazy stuff on the battlefield. Mm -hmm. I I regularly see Eldrazi on the battlefield. Yeah, and that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> nice, notably, too, these copies are great because they get around Hexproof and Shroud. It does not target when they come down. So, I mean, this is like, you wrote down that this is similar to to Mirage Mirror and can kind of play like that. And mm -hmm. I agree. Mirage Mirror is just one of those cards that I love to death. And this feels like a version of that. 
It's only creatures, but again, it's good early if you just want a mana rock on turn three or turn two, and it's even better late when it could become something crazy, and then it just turns back into a mana rock yeah, after. Yeah, I think that with Mirage Mirror, we had a hard time evaluating it because it depended on what other stuff was going on, yeah. and it turned out in practice to be good, and so if you are doubting this, in practice, that could be very good. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then one other thing that's really important is it says as it enters the battlefield, so you will get ETB effects of your opponent's creature. Yes. If it said when this enters the battlefield, it may become a copy of any target it already hits the battlefield it is not entering the battlefield anymore so as it enters means you can choose something with an etb effect it will copy that there is a lot of talk from competitive edh players as well that in golos it's better than heat shimmer it basically does the same thing so you can like copy the golos and you get rid of the copy or, the, or get rid of the original or the copy doesn't matter but you can also copy a bunch of important cards like dockside recruiter dockside and, extortionist. extortionist sorry an imperial recruiter i was combining those two together so if you get if one dockside is good a second one's probably gonna be very good too all right, next up, we got Fiery Encore. Four and a red for a sorcery. Discard a card, then draw a card. When you discard a non-land card this way, Fiery Encore deals damage equal to that card's mana value to target creature or planeswalker. And it has the word Storm on it. So when you cast the spell, you copy it for each spell cast before this turn. So let's say I cast a one-drop Soul Ring, tapped it, cast Fiery Encore. When I cast this, another one would appear on the stack. And then I would get to discard two cards twice, right? Discard a card once, draw a card, do the damage, and do it again. Um, this is interesting. In Storm decks, and I think like the problem with this card is, one, it's five mana and a sorcery, so it's not amazing. It also does not hit players, so you can't just kill someone on the spot with it. But Storm people is, love Storm. Storm is such an exciting mechanic. Like, it really is something that people get really excited about. But we've seen Storm cards that see play hitting players. You know what I mean? Like, even Grape Shot, you know, that does that does only one damage for each Storm right. is relevant because it can hit players that can move stuff around. I'm thinking of the play patterns here of what do I have to do to kill two creatures with this? You have to discard a card with a decent size mana value because if you're trying to kill a four drop, it's got to have mana value of four or above to get that much damage. So I got to play a spell, then play this. So that's already more than five mana. So you have two spells, yeah. And then and then I have to discard relevant cards, not just lands. And then I'm just taking out two creatures. That's so many hoops to jump through. Yeah, it doesn't seem great in terms of a storm finisher at all. And, you know, unless you maybe have a stuffy doll or brash taunter and you can cast five things before this, you're adding mana with birgi maybe, and then blam, you hit the fiery encore. But you still need to discard those cards out of your hand. And at a certain point, what happens if you just draw a few lands in a row, then the cards you're discarding, it's going to be a lot harder. Yeah. So one thing I was thinking of is that what if the I'm focusing too much on the damage? What if it is the, the rummaging effect that that's actually what this is for. And then I think you're better off playing any other number of cards that can be more efficient than doing it at five mana and maybe killing one thing. Because typically when you rummage and loot, high percentage of the time you're dropping a land into your graveyard. Yeah, so you're not getting that. So if you compare it to other rummaging effects like Faithless Looting, where it's like four mana to draw four and discard four, that's over two spells or whatever. But like that means that this is very much much more efficient than this so yeah uh, i'm kind of off of it well i think uh, they were safe because it has storm on it right yeah 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 i think so too well underworld breach is the only card i think that works really well because it allows you to cast spells for potentially i don't know i don't know you can just drop a bunch of stuff into your graveyard and use those to escape the cards in your graveyard i don't know this card isn't great though okay sorry next up we've got (laughs) apologizing ma'am. i know it has storm but i'm sorry it's got red i know but it's just not good sorry okay inferno project six and a red 
for a zero zero elemental hmm. with trample oh. inferno project enters the battlefield with x plus one plus one counters on it where x is the total mana value of instant and sorcery cards in your graveyard oh okay so you're going to want to have those big instant and sorceries in your graveyard or just a bunch of them that add up to a high value but for seven mana it can get very big if you fill your graveyard up you've milled a bunch of stuff in there you've got like 20 cmc worth of spells it's a 2020 with trample pretty cool but i don't know it's a seven mana card that, that seems bad imagine drawing this in the first three or four turns of the game i mean seven mana you need something that really impacts the game this doesn't have haste yeah like it's you have this big dumb creature and i like that it is, has trample but how big does it have to be for you to want to play this i don't know like a 10 10 and then that's still not that great because you can't attack with it unless you give it haste or something like i think i want it to be more than a 10 10 yeah like i would want this to be close to game winning yeah i want this to be like a 30 30 and i can fling it or you can use gravitic punch which is a, a jump start spell so it can actually be in your graveyard and then you jump start it so it gets in front project gets bigger uh there are creatures that uh like a malignus is that uh -huh. the one that's like five mana and has the power of half your opponent's life total or something right like that. right the card will appear from because of some of the editors sometimes just big dumb cards aren't playable and this has hoops to jump through and costs a ton of mana yeah I, it, it's gonna be tough you really want to make sure that this card can shine otherwise if it just comes down in the spells matter deck and then someone bounces it or removes it doesn't feel so great because it costs you seven mana there's a new commander called riona fire dancer where you get to create x tokens that are copies of another creature you control on at the beginning of combat where x is equal to one plus the number of instant and sorcery spells you cast so you cast like three sorceries three instants whatever it is cheap cantrips blamo your infernal project gets to have three or four copies of it they all have trample and they're massive because you just cast all that stuff maybe that's nice one thing one thing josh and i talked about though is that like think about a card like terror of the peaks Ah uh, yes. Think about think about like combustible gear hulk or just gutter snipe, and then you play one more spell. So when you go through the list of the amount of creatures that have crazy ETBs and can still swing, like it becomes, yeah, yeah a little meh. Uh, maybe you're playing this in your Warstorm Surge deck, so it can come Ooh, down and okay. one shot someone. But that's an enchantment, but so it kind of runs against Warstorm Surge. Like, what yeah. on earth are you doing yeah, with your exactly. spells based Warstorm Surge? Look, just fling it. That's what I tell people. All right, next up, we got Radiant Performer. Pretty cool card. Three red, red for a creature, human wizard, 2 2. It's got flash, and when Radiant Performer enters the battlefield, if you cast it from your hand, choose target spell or ability that targets only a single permanent or player. Copy that spell or ability for each other permanent or player that spell or ability could target. Each copy targets a different one of those permanents and players. Okay, so there used to be a card called Radiate, and this is called Radiant Performer, so maybe that's nice. But in this case, this can copy a spell or an ability. Oh my gosh. Huh. This can... This can go so over the top and get you into so many ridiculous situations. I think we've seen copy effects on things like Zatahedron Grinder and yes. Mirrorwing Dragon. And we've seen it do sort of really big things where it's like, oh, I, I didn't know that it would. Oh, my gosh, it hits everything. It like, hits everything. Yeah. 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 It ends up being Smack super crazy. Um, because it does abilities, that means it can also target land abilities. So people were saying, oh, your strip mine literally becomes an Armageddon because you get to copy that spell. You get to copy that ability. For each other permanent that that could copy. And it goes for each copy. other land yeah. because those are the permanents that it can target. Strip mine, blam, target everyone's lands. 
That's nuts. Vindicate. Chaos Warp. Get right Vindicate like Vindicate gets everything, including the lands. Chaos Warp just Chaos Warps everything. Yeah. It becomes a crazy red spell. Uh, you can also use it on stuff like Corrupted Conscience, which steals a creature and gives it infect, or you can steal creature enchantments like uh or, or steal creature enchantments like Confiscate, Aging of Treachery. There's just lots of just nasty things you can kind of do because it can target the ability as well. I mean, there are some uh steel effects out there that steal a permanent, and you could just basically go slurp and steal every single permanent yep okay radiant performer this card has a lot of upside uh the fact that it can do abilities and this is something that maybe we see we're going to see more with cards uh in the future but the fact that it does that really does kind of throw this into a different ballpark it's so weird it's it's got a lot of hoops it's expensive to flash out you got to like set some stuff up uh and sometimes it just does crazy stuff rather than good stuff that wins the game but uh, that's what Commander's all about, and red gets pretty crazy in that area, so <laughs> I think that it's going to be... The fact that it does strip mine is just insane to me. Yeah. I mean, would you do it with strip mine, or would you wait and do it with, like, Chaos Warp? But they all get permanents off the top of their library. Yeah, but you have... It's red. You get more. Yeah, it's true. Okay. Yeah, okay. Anyways. Go nuts. Rousing Refrain is three red red for a sorcery. Add red uh, for each card in target opponent's hand. Hmm. Until end of turn, you don't lose that mana as steps and phases end. Exile Rousing Refrain with three time counters on it. It also has suspend three for one in a red. Okay, so you can suspend this and have this come down at like turn four or five maybe. But this costs five mana. Someone has to have at least six cards in their hands for you to gain the mana from this. And that's gaining one. Yeah. Like how much mana do you want? How much mana back do you want when you're spending five mana? Yeah. There used to be a whole series of spells. We talked about this on the first episode where they had this suspend mechanic where it gains suspend after you cast it from a long time ago. I think Time Spiral, one of those, one of those sets. These aren't that great. Um, unless you have ways to get those time counters off, this is just kind of poopy. Honestly, you got to have so much mana for it to be working and like compare this to Mana Geyser. Mana Geyser looks at all of your opponent's tapped lands and regularly you play it for five and you get like 20 mana back. Yeah. The influx of mana is crazy. It's a great card. Maybe it's unfair to compare it to it. I don't know, but this is not going to generate you that much mana. I mean, you're waiting six turns to cast this twice, basically, if you're just suspending it each time. Yeah, we talked about it last time with the blue spell that drew you two cards. Yeah. It just feels clunky and feels slow. It's hard to time it correctly. The suspend isn't really worth it. And honestly, I don't know. I just wish you got more mana. Yeah, I wish you did too. Um, Joyra of the G2 again might be the, the deck for this because you have cards like Clock Spinning that can get rid of time counters. So maybe you can cast this. But again, it's dependent on your opponents having a lot of cards in their hand. But, you know, if you have a Rift Elemental, by the way, it adds one in a red to remove a time counter. So you'd only take six mana to remove all the time counters. You can go infinite if someone has seven or more cards because you'll have the Rift oh. Elemental out. You're going to get seven mana. Use six of it to bring this back, cast it again, get another seven. Jimmy, I suddenly, I suddenly like that tiny little corner case. It's not that great. is very interesting. No, you're right. It's We're not. all about finding dumb corner cases in <laughs> this case. It's not great. Yeah, but, it's not great. But here's the thing: Do you see people playing Lotus Bloom a lot? It's no. A suspend, it's never. a spend Black Lotus. Yeah, but I never see it. I never, I never see it because that the waiting to get that mana boost at one time isn't worth it. There's no way that this spell is better than a Black Lotus right? Yeah. Like a little Lotus Bloom? Definitely not. And like, sure, you get to keep the mana throughout, but what does that even matter, right? Like, you spent five to cast it and you gained, what, two mana off the whole thing? Get out. Get out of here. 
All right. Play Jessica's Will. Yeah, play Jessica. Yeah, play Jessica's Will for sure. <laughs> Definitely play Mana Kaiser and be like, I just got 30 mana from that. What? All right, next up we got Ruin Grinder, five and a red for a 7 4 artifact creature construct with Menace, Manache. When Ruin Grinder dies, each player may discard their hand and draw seven cards. You can also Mountain Cycle this, so you can pay two mana to discard this card to search your library for a mountain, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle. So it's got an interesting thing here. You can put it into the graveyard very early, DJ, because you can Mountain Cycle it. Yep. And we, one thing we talked about with Plane Cycling is that you can get any mountain. Thumbs yep. up there. And getting a mountain is a lot better than you think. This hitting your land drops in commander is so important. And so having this ability to, hey, I need to get the mountain. I need to get the mountain, hit the land drop and make sure to get to the mid and late game. Great. But I think that you're alluding to binning. This might be better than just casting it for seven. Yeah, six, six, which is a lot because then you're waiting for it to die and then people can a wheel if they want. So that does seem interesting because not everyone's going to do that. Um, but you can cheat it out with Felden of the Third Path. If you have Osgir the Reconstructor, you can do it twice and then you have a Smothering Tithe out, but then no one's going to discard their hand, so... I mean, I might, I might discard you my might. hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, so, pretty, I'm pretty greedy. I think the best play pattern for this is discard it early, get a mountain, find a way to cheat it back out, sacrifice it, do whatever you can. It's an artifact. It's in those artifact matters decks. It's a great way for you to refill your hand and maybe smooth out your mana draw early. So I could see this seeing some play if you are in that reanimator world. It kind of hurts. Like seven? M Menace? Menace? Yeah. It'll definitely hit you for a lot. Like, I can see you getting this out pretty early and just being like, bam, bam, bam. They finally trade away for it. You're like, cool. I'm going to refill my hand. Yeah, refill my hand anytime yeah. cool all right uh spoiler i like this card yeah uh, i do too surge to victory four red red for a sorcery exile target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard creatures you control get plus one plus oh until end of turn where x is that card's mana value whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player this turn copy the exiled card you may cast the copy without paying its mana cost uh okay so pump effects are good you can get plus X plus O for a very high mana value. But if you have a bunch of goblins, let's say you have 13 goblins and they're all swinging, 10 of them connect, you get to cast that spell 10 times. <laughs> if you have like... A, I think that the person's dying too in many situations. Probably. If you exile like a three drop and you have 10 goblins attacking? Yeah, that's 30 damage or more, right? That's 34, is four times 10, it's 40 damage. It's crazy. Damage. Like even if you just exile like just, I don't know, a four drop. That's a very modest thing. We're not even imagining exiling the crazy right. things that you could, the, the time stretches or something like that. Like just a four drop. Plus four plus O is very relevant to killing people in this game. Yeah, even imagine if you just swung out and you exiled a lightning bolt and eight of your things hit. You get to cast eight lightning bolts. That's another, oh another 24 damage. People were saying uh, cast time warp with this. So that's five mana. It would get plus five plus O. And even if you do it with two creatures... Surge to victory seems like you do a lot of work here. So much work. Uh, seize the day to get extra combat steps. So oh, you can get like extra things through. So many extra combat steps. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. And then you just go infinite, right? Uh, With combat yeah, steps? Because it's every like, time that creature you deals damage. Need, you would need to keep connecting to be able to do it. But yeah, that's true. Pretty crazy there. Fiery Confluence. I thought it was fun. Hordling Outburst and Empty the Warrens. Yeah, so like... Empty the Warrens because you got Storm on it. Bam! You just make a huge army. And also, like, those are very, like, yes, you can name crazy things out there, but those are very reasonable things that you might have in the stack. You're like, hey, I created three goblins. 
then I'm going to cast this spell, exile the empty the warrens or the you know the hardling outburst, attack with those three goblins and something else, and then you're getting damage through, and suddenly you're dealing more than twelve damage, creating nine, nine more, more goblins, goblins. Yeah, and that is a very like fair assessment of this, a very like yeah. easy play pattern to understand, and that's not even talking about like the fiery confluences that kills the entire board. So this is six mana, potentially win the game in a lot of different kinds of decks. Uh, mono red, as well as the token strategies in red green, or in red, green, and black. I could see this card game played quite a bit, actually. Jimmy, what would you search to victory with? Jeez, expropriate. No, um, I don't know. I would search to victory with... I did like Lightning Bolt, because it's still a lot of damage, and you get to cast the Lightning Bolt a lot of times. Do you know what I like is a burn spell in red in Commander? price of progress oh my gosh that is disgusting that would just kill josh and <laughs> me and you on the spot well, it I like cast that three price of progresses yeah. that's like see a life total i i'm a big fan price of progress deals two damage to to any player for each non-basic lands that they control, have yeah, yeah. this so, thing will often deal like 12 14 16 damage yeah and i love it because it punishes players that like go crazy with their mana bases and usually have like expensive mana bases <laughs> so it kind of like is a leveling playing field for some people yeah uh how about like just like wheel of fortune and just like we all mill out oh that's again. pretty intense <laughs> yeah i like that as well you could put yeah there's lots of stuff to do here i think oh but search to victory let us know what you're going to be surging with in the comments below as they play Monster Ball or whatever it's called in Strixhaven. Red, by the way, I think they're pretty good. I like Audacious Reshapers. I like the Bracers. I really like the Cursed Mirror. And I think Surge to Victory is pretty fun too. Yeah, cur uh, Surge to Victory, Cursed Mirror. And do you know what? I'm going to go with the Creative Technique too. I think, oh, that, okay. I think that that random, that that is a fun way to do random. And so I'm all on board. Okay, nice. All right, let's cover green here when we do the first bit of green. Uh, Blossoming Bog Beast, four and a green for a 3-3 creature beast. Whenever Blossoming Bog Beast attacks, you gain two life. Then creatures you control gain trample and get plus X plus X until end of turn where X is the amount of life you've gained this turn. So that's pretty good. So at minimum, five drop attacks, you gain two life, your creatures get trample and plus two plus two. Pretty good. I think that whenever you see a trample and a pump effect on a creature, everyone thinks Crater Hoof Behemoth. Yeah, but that's not the only card that does that. Yeah, and also this is very far from Crater Hoof Behemoth. Yes. And making that comparison is unfair it's to the It's also a five mana card, so it's not eight mana. Uh, you wrote down Pathbreaker Ibex. It's a very popular good card that was also in the Commander product. As a result, it hasn't seen many reprints. That has climbed up in price. So Blossoming Bog Beast seems like a pretty solid addition in that world of pump your team up, give them trample, and swing them for the win. Yeah, Pathbreaker Ibex can get things bigger, but in life gain decks, I can see yourself gaining a lot of life. Pathbreaker Ibex, like, it's seen enough play that it's a $23 card. Yep. And it is not like, you know, it is not like Crater Hoof Behemoth. Um, and I think the Crater of Behemoth is really good because it activates when it has the ETB and oftentimes it wins the turns it comes into play. Mm -hmm. But things like the Bog, Beats, Bog Beast and the Ibex, they need to survive a turn. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. has to attack, gain the life, give the trigger. And that is much worse because people can see it coming. Yep. At the very least, it does give trample, which is a good thing. Because that's what you need to win in these situations when you're swinging out with a bunch of stuff. Yeah, that's why like Cultivator of Blades. Yeah, uh, it is, does a very similar thing, but it's not very expensive, right? It does not give trample. Mm -hmm. And so it is 13 cents instead of $23. Yeah. Uh, I honestly believe that. I think that if it if it actually gave like trample, it would it might not be $23, but it would be more than 13 It would definitely cents. be more, yeah. And it's it's modular, so you can add uh, counters on it or you can yeah, make fabricate little thing. fabricated things. Yeah, so you little can make guys, little guys, yeah. yeah. So I think there's a, it, the card would be better again if it granted trample, didn't need to wait a turn. But think about like in the life gain deck, how much life you can gain. 
a lot. Feed the clan. Everybody play that card in the Lesh game deck. Feed the clan. And then Blossoming Bog Beast attacks for like plus 12, plus 12. All right. Speaking of gaining life, let's take a look at Ezra Root Channeler. It's five and a green for a four, six tree folk druid with reach. Creature spells you cast cost X less to cast, where X is the amount of life you gained this turn. Ah. And you can tap it to gain two life. Okay, we, we have two life game matters cards now in a row. This technically is a mana dork because when you tap it to gain two life, your next creature costs two less to cast. So cool. how much do you want to pay for your mana dorks? Uh, one mana. <laughs> two at can I, most. Can I convince you for two. Okay, yeah, so yeah, yeah. if they add two, well, actually things like Somberwald Sage and like uh, um, some of the other ones that are three mana and add two. Add two or more because of threat. Yeah, like yeah. those are actually pretty, those are pretty good, right? Mm -hmm. You know? Six mana. How much mana six do you need to add mana. for six mana? I think you're casting this because of the other text, the first text on the card that kind of acts like an enchantment. The first text, Reach? Uh, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the second text. Although Reach can be very relevant. The second part, right, where you creature spells cast cost X less to cast. This is kind of like a Animar type effect. So if you're able to gain a lot of life, if you have this card out, then play Feed the Clans, you can pretty much cast Neldrazi for free. See, that's where I think you need. It needs to be in the life gain deck. It needs to be able to, you need to have big enough, relevant enough creatures uh, to make it work. Right. Uh, I have a, a play pattern for you. Okay. Imagine a Tristani deck. Tristani. Selesnia's voice. Yes. When it when a creature enters the battlefield, you gain life equal to its toughness. So when you just play this creature, you'll gain six life. Right. And then you'll be able to cast other things for much cheaper. So for example, you could play like a Hydra, mm. you know, and then gain even more life. So like you play like a Stone Coil Serpent in this kind of deck, uh, uh, then like you can sort of like start gaining life and playing more things. Yeah, if you have a bunch of colorless spells or creatures, then Tristani kind of goes pseudo-infinite because every time the creature comes in, gains that life, then the next creature is going to cost even less to cast. And so you can just keep going over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah, because it can... One of the things about these kinds of effects where it's just like, hey, we're going to reduce the amount like this. You need to cast more than one spell to really take advantage of it. Yeah. There's all those mana rocks that reduce the colored spell by one. Right. You know, uh, those are only really good if you're casting a lot of spells. So I think that if you... This is going to work if you are casting like gaining a bunch of life and then casting a bunch of hydras and gaining more life and casting, casting bigger and casting, bigger, bigger casting, things yeah. so think of multiple creatures that you can cast each turn but overall like you gotta have a lot of stuff going right to have that play pattern work so i think that yeah not to mention you need to have other life gain to make this work so tristani or just the life gain type of decks if you've got a bunch of pests you can sacrifice maybe this goes into some sort of aristocrat shell i don't know but you got two's not enough it's just not yeah. enough and it's a six man spell so we, yeah. we don't love it but it can have high potential all right, next up we got Fractal Harness. Really cool art on this one. X and two and a green for an artifact equipment. When Fractal Harness enters the battlefield, create a zero, zero green and blue Fractal creature token. Put X plus one plus one counters on it and then attach Fractal Harness to it. Whenever equipped creature attacks, double the number of plus one plus one counters on it. So you could just cast this for two and a green. The equip cost is two, by the way. And then put it on the creature with plus and plus and counters. When it attacks, it doubles the counters on it. Otherwise, you can cast this for four mana, where X is equal to one. Then you make a one-one green fract creature token. If you equip this and you attack, the one-one becomes a two-two, becomes a four-four, becomes an eight-eight. Now this sort of thing can spiral out of control, but it does require the creature to attack. And you you describe the the easiest play pattern, which is hey, play this for four, get a one-one that attacks as a two-two on turn five, then a four-four on turn six. 8-8, eight, eight, 
16-16-32-32, yeah, you're not going to get there. But, like, that's so late in the game. Like, it takes a lot of hoops to get through to get there. I think yeah. that I think that you have to be able to re-equip this to something else, to something else maybe relevant. Uh, you mentioned... Uh, Skullbriar! Skullbriar! A lot of people mentioned on that as well, because you obviously want to double the counters on that thing that carries the counters wherever it goes. Um, you wrote Colonian Hydra, because this is a card that already is trying to make them counters a, a tick upwards. <laughs> it's like Colonian Hydra is a five mana uh, creature that comes with four plus one plus one counters on it. And when it attacks, it doubles the plus one plus one counters on everything. Yeah. So for five mana, it attacks as an eight, eight and doubles all the other relevant stuff on your battlefield. Yep. And Fractal is going to double that again. Right. I mean, they work well together, but doesn't Colonian Hydra just make this feel underpowered? Yeah, oh yeah, Colonial Hydra is definitely a better, right? Like, that card is just very nutty. This is an equipment, so maybe you're running it, I don't know, in the Paco and Haldan deck, because Paco's going to get real big. Oh, that's good, yeah. But I, like I, I don't really, I don't love it. It's, it's it's a lot, right? It's three mana to cast, two mana to equip. If you're in the plus one, plus one counter deck, you're going to have ways to make those counters go up. I don't know if the Fractal Harness is where you want to be for exactly for that. Yeah, I agree. I also think that... Uh, if you are moving it around, you need a lower equip cost, honestly. Yes, 100%. Yeah. All right. Uh, next, we have Guardian Augmenter. Two and a green for a 2-2 two, two Troll Wizard with Flash. Commander creatures you control get plus two, plus two. Ooh. Commanders you control have Hexproof. Ooh. Okay. I'm sold. This is fine. This card's great. Yeah. This I mean, is the Lieutenant you, series, right? Yeah. Like, are you... Well, there are actual lieutenants, right? Yes. 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 But... Are there are there commanders out there that you want to make sure you protect? Oh yeah, absolutely. Are there commanders out there that you um, want to pump up or you know basically give some plus one plus one action to it? Yeah, not as valuable, but definitely still. So I think that the protection is really important. Protection, flash speed. It can do. It can go well with partners because they'll all get plus two plus two. In Animar, you could cast this for one green for protection. The fact that this has flash is nice. nice. And there's cards that similarly did this in the past. Uh, you wrote down Slippery Bog Bonder, which is I a four mana spell. Love Slippery Bog Bonder. I also like that it gives the thing a hexproof counter. Counter, so it stays on. And you can move on. other counters around, so it goes into those sort of sort of counter decks themselves. Yeah. People play Bastion Protector quite a lot. This is the white version that gives Indestructible. Uh, I I like this card a lot, and people online seem to as well, because it is quickly climbing to be one of the more valuable cards in the set. Yes, the price tag has gone up quite a yeah. bit. Yeah, I mean, it's really easy for green to hold three mana up. You have Crosin Grip. You got all sorts of different things that you can do at three mana in green. So I, it makes sense that you would be able to play a card like this really easily in your deck. Uh, you know, there are cards that I do want to pump up, and I think that it's really cool as well when you have partners. Mm. So like a card like Tana the Bloodsower, which uh, yes. creates sapperlings based on the damage that it deals. And so it's a card you want around. It's pretty delicate. Pumping up its power and toughness is going to be really relevant. And if it's a partner, then you're getting double the protection and double the pump. Double the fun. Double mint gum. Last up, we got Healing Technique, three and a green for a sorcery with Demonstrate. Again, that's the... A uh, keyword where you can copy the spell. If you do, then the opponent gets a copy as well. Uh, you return target card from your graveyard to your hand, and then you gain life equal to that card's mana value, exile healing technique. So if you cast this for four mana and you choose to demonstrate it, I get to cast a spell twice, two regrowths basically, and I gain a bunch of life potentially, and then DJ also is going to cast it. Um, nah, the rate's a little bad right yeah so if we look at just getting one thing back regrowth it's a spell that gets one thing back it costs two mana value and this costs four 
blah. Okay, if we're also looking at a card once in future, that is four mana and gets two cards back. That's not expensive. It's just a random uncommon from Eldraine. Right. Uh, once so in future, yeah. Just once in future. Uh, and that's fine, but not like super play. People aren't clamoring for once in future to put into their decks. So just four mana getting two things back is not like super amazing that we're excited about. But I have seen very good play patterns with a card called Skullwinder. That's right. This is a three mana green spell that has death touch as a little snack. And then when it comes in, you can get a card back and so can an opponent. See, when you use Skullwinder, I actually sometimes like it better than a lot of the other ones because I can coordinate with other people at the table. I can give political gifts. I can say, Jimmy, get that removal spell for Josh's yep. ridiculous thing. And now what I've done is I've got with this card, I've paid four mana. I've gotten two of my own things back and I've let Jimmy use one of his resources sort of for free for to answer you. something for me to yeah. answer something on Josh's board. So it's almost like you have three cards back from it. So yeah, exactly. I do like that a lot. I and like it kills that. one of Josh's things. That's a four for one on this. Which Keep now, killing Josh's things. That's the moral of the story. So suddenly this becomes really good when you can use it politically and that is why I like it. So the rate... The rate is not good unless you can make friends. Yeah, and there will probably be someone that you want to give something back to. Who knows, right? At the very least, if you can use it and say like, hey, you're not going to get this spell otherwise. Seems like an easy play pattern to go with. Um, or you just bajuka bog the crap out of them and then you target them so that they have nothing in their graveyard. <laughs> I think Demonstrate Whoops. has really good play patterns to it. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Yep. All right, we are going to dive into the rest of the green cards. Only a few of those left. And then we got multicolored. We got lands and artifacts. Lots of interesting things to come. First up, though, let's hear a message from our mid-roll sponsors. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. 
We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, fellow listeners of podcasters and viewers of YouTube videos. We are going to dig right back into it. Commander 21 product from Strixhaven, which cards and how they work in your 99. DJ's got four more, five more green cards in front of us. So DJ, kick it off with Paradox Zone. Paradox Zone is four and a green for an enchantment. Paradox Zone enters the battlefield with a growth counter on it. Mm. At the beginning of your end step, double the number of growth counters on Paradox Zone. Then create a zero, zero green and blue fractal creature token put x one one counters on it where x is the number of growth counters on paradox zone okay five mana you play this it gets one counter go to your end step it doubles to two you get a two two next turn it goes to four you get a four four the next turn it goes to eight eight and then the game might be over so i don't love it <laughs> i mean i don't know is this a good card <laughs> yeah so here's the thing like you're right you 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 did the the sequence so if you play it on five and you make a two two that's bad if you then make a four four that's five mana for a two two and a four four not good Still enough bad yeah it's mad. like you need to produce that eight eight and then suddenly i'm like yeah okay i'm in so yeah. it's on the end step of your five mana then six mana and seven mana on the end step having seven mana so when you finally have yeah. eight mana you can finally start attacking with your relevant creature i don't know i mean even in atraxa which is all about proliferating and getting more counters on things this doesn't seem great maybe you have like a doubling season type of effect out so you're getting more counters on this and you're making more creatures but look if you are in green and you're playing a plus one plus one counters deck i don't know if this card is even close to good enough because you just have so many other options to, to do cool plus one plus one counter synergies, do you need this paradox zone to be slowly pumping out mediocre creatures? Usually with my creatures in a green deck, I I just want tokens and I don't care how big they are because I'm going to make them big with like a creator of behemoth yeah. or something like that. Or I want them to do something else. You know, like, yeah. um, you know, I want them to be Eldrazi spawn or Eldrazi scions and I cash them in for mana or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I think what you want to be able to do is maybe like a doubling season with this would make me feel really good because then you're doubling up, you're doubling up the counters, you're doubling up the counters on this thing. Yeah. And then it kind of gets out of hand and I think it'd be fun. But again... You've got a doubling season. Like, everything is amazing there. Just yeah, exactly. All the you're, and everything, you know you're what I mean? You're going to win with something else. I think the way that this card gets good is instead of making just one zero zero, you make X zero zeros where X is the number of growth counters on it. So on the first turn... Baby? Can you make it like that? I don't know. Five mana. First turn, it pumps out two two twos because you're doubling the growth counters as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, The yeah. next you're turn, you're pumping it. out four four fours. 
that could be nuts. Maybe you just make X zero zeros and you just add one plus one plus one counter. So you make it, you make two one ones, then four one ones, then eight one ones. Yeah, but we're trying to fix the card, and that's not what that's it not is, what so. we're doing. That's not the point of this podcast. <laughs> That's not why you're here. Uh, don't play Paradox Zone, I think. This is why you're here. This is why you're here. This next card is crazy good. Pest Infestation. It's also got such cute art. It's XX in the green for a sorcery. Destroy up to X target artifacts and or enchantments. Create twice X11 one, one black and green pest creature tokens with when this creature dies. You gain one life. So X, X, and green. If X is equal to one, this will cost three mana total to destroy one target artifact. And then you get to make two 1-1 one, one pest creature tokens. So when I first read this, I was like, release the gremlins. Yeah. Cool, cool card. Cool. No one really mean? plays it. But, but like no card. one plays it. I was just kind of like, neato. And then that was it. I kind of like dismissed it. And I was like, okay, well, you know, the, you can create quite a few things. But then I read one key little word that says up, up to. to. Destroy up to X target artifact and or. Right. Enchantments. That means that you don't need to have legal targets for X. If you have X is equal to five and you cast this for 11 mana, you don't need to have five targets. You can actually just blow up one thing, but then you end up making 10 one ones. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So this scales really well, obviously. It's a sorcery, but it gets rid of things, artifacts and or enchantments. This seems just like a really, really solid removal spell because even if you're just getting rid of one thing, you get two one ones at the end of it. Yeah, and you could just play it like a secure the waste or just a token creator yeah. and just say, okay, I'm actually just pumping a bunch of mana into this, making a bunch of these little pests because I want to flood the board. That's my play pattern. And then incidentally, I'll blow that up, that up, that up. Yep. Uh, this is fun. Like aura mutation, artifact mutation or cards that are similar gets rid of something. But the fact that this is modular, right? You, not modular. You can just scale it up, deal with more things in the future. Wart the Raid Mother seems like they would love this because you can conspire a spell like this out as well. This is a good card. It's a very versatile removal spell. I look to see this card in a lot of decks, and I think this is a card that's going to get played a lot because, again, for three mana, you're just getting rid of one thing. That is a Reclamation Sage. Oh, man, that card I gets played. I want to Wart the Raid Mother deck now. These are green. You can tap them to conspire more things. True. Ah, <sighs> Jimmy. Let's go. I'm, I'm in love. Wart is a fun, fun commander. All right. Next up, we have Sequence Engine. Two and a green for an artifact. You can pay X and tap it. Uh, exile target creature card with mana value X from a graveyard. Create a zero, zero green and blue fractal creature token. Put X plus one plus one counters on it. Activate it as a sorcery. Okay. Sorry. How much does it cost to activate? X? X. Hmm. So you pay X to get an XX, basically. Yes, and you have, but you have to be able to exile something. Yeah, and the creatures aren't special. They're just the fractals. I don't know. Doesn't seem good. Does not seem good. Uh, you can never cheat mana cost with this. You always have to pay the mana in to get a vanilla creature out of it. Yeah, it is quote-unquote targeted graveyard hate, but it's not exactly where you want to be with graveyard hate either, so I'm not particularly in love with it, no siree. Also as a sorcery, too. Yeah, I mean... Uh, you can't hold up your mana and be like... That sucks, by the way. Activate as a sorcery only, right? This would be cool if you play it on three, and then you pass the turn next time, and you have open mana, you could do a few things, but you have to do this on your turn. Just imagine like you have a wilderness reclamation deck, or like a seedborn muse type uh, thing. nice. You know what I mean? And like, you, those are the play pattern stuff, but when you have to tap out just to make a dumb, boring, plain creature. And Graveyard Hate is good only when you can do it in reaction to someone being like, I'm going to try and target this spell with a regrowth. Ha! Well, it's, and, but it. you say it's like spell too, like because they're going to get spells oh, and stuff like that. This is creatures only. This is creatures only. Yeah, poop. 
it's a poop. I give it a D minus. But it's okay. It's green. Green doesn't need help, right? I know. It's fine. All right, next up is Sprout Back Trudge. Really like the art on this one. Seven green, green for a nine, seven. However, this fungus beast costs X less to cast, where X is the amount of life you've gained this turn. This also has Trample, and it says at the beginning of your end step, if you gain life this turn, you may cast Sprout Back Trudge from your graveyard. So the cheapest this could cost is X or green, green. Um, and you can die, you can sacrifice it. Maybe you gain some life that turn. You can cast it again for green, green at the beginning of your end step. Oh. Very repeatable creature. Did you mention sacrificing it and finding ways to gain life? I did. Why? Uh, because there are cards like Disciple of Bolas or Momentous Fall that have you drawing cards Ooh. equal to this 9-7. That's a lot of cards. And That's a lot gaining of cards. a ton of life. Yeah. And then you're able to just basically cast it again for green, green. I like that. That seems like a pretty strong combo there. Um, otherwise, if you're not in the life gain deck, I don't think you want to just randomly put this nine drop in there unless you have a lot of ways of dipping it into your graveyard. Then you're gaining the life, recasting it, then your momentum is falling and all that stuff. But it does seem a little restrictive, right? Because you have to gain the life for this to be a better card. You basically, I think what we've arrived at is you need shenanigans because just a nine seven that sometimes works yeah. is, is not great, even though it has trample. If it's a four mana nine seven because you've gained like three life, that's or five life, okay, sure. But it's still not amazing, right? You need, it's one of those cards that demands that the deck works around it in order to be for it to shine. Yeah. Uh, trudge Garden. A lot of trudging happening here. Yeah, well, this is the garden. It likes to hang out in. Okay. So... Is it in there? Is that it back in the... It... Uh, it There's some of this action, this purple, this yeah, orange yeah, action. Yeah, Maybe on. it looks like the Sproutback Trudge is the big daddy. These are like baby trudges running around. Baby trudges. Seems like it. <laughs> trudge Galloping garden. around. Trudge Garden is two and a green for an enchantment. Whenever you gained life, you may pay two. If you do, create a 4-4 four, four green fungus beast creature token with trample. Okay, so gaining life, you could have a lot of incidental ways doing it. Um, two mana for a four four seems like an okay rate. If you have like a soul warden, then you're making the life when it comes and you pay another two, make another one. Then you pay two, make another one. You could kind of do a lot there. Question, Jimmy. Yes. Would you rather pay two for a Karnstruct or for a four four fungus trampler? Well, it depends. Are you in an artifact deck? I'm assuming you are if you're making Karnstruct. I mean, yeah, you're, you have to trigger it with an artifact and you're making artifacts. Then I think you're going to want those Karnstructs more because they could be six sixes, eight eights. But yeah. these do have trample, right? Four, four beast tokens with trample. We've seen those do a lot of work on game nights as well. So the first one is, is five mana. So three for this enchantment. You gain some life somehow. Hopefully you can do it. And then you pay two and you get a four, four. So five mana, five four, mana four, first four. One. Bad. Bad. Okay. Seven mana, two four fours. Slightly better, but still bad. But still not commandery, right? Yeah. Uh, nine mana, three, three four, four fours. fours. More commandery, but the, at the very least, maybe you can. I don't know because on the turn you're doing it right, it only costs you two mana, and you're not casting the spell to get that effect open. So it see seems how we've okay. triggered. We've triggered this three times, and neither neither of us are cheering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So again, I think that it is slow and clunky and. But take note, players, there appears to be a more like life gain matters decks in the same way that Menace matters decks or like Menace tribal decks have sort of been growing up in the past few years. It looks like life gain might be one of those areas that Wizards is moving into as well. So just take note. I like that. And I like how it's going across multiple colors. Like before it was just like black, white. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And there was even like Tristani, like I mentioned before, you know, green, white. And now it's just like, oh. 
Maybe some oh. absent, absent action going yeah. on. Yeah. I like that. What do you think about green? Um, Blossoming Bog Beast is, I think, going to be a big staple. So pick those up definitely from cardking.com slash command zone, especially if you can't get those Pathbreaker Ibexes. Uh, Pest Infestation is my go-to. I think it's good enough to play in Vintage Cube, which means that it is good enough wow. to play in... That's a in high rating. Decks. Yeah. Yeah. The other cards are just okay. There's a lot of life game matters here. A lot of like the weird, like sort of like Quandrix and love a lot me of, zero zeros. A lot of people are liking this guardian augmenter. I like okay. bog, bog bonder. No slippery, slippery bog bonder. No slippery bog. I don't remember. Yeah. I think it's slippery bog bonder. We threw the paper <laughs> we away. We threw the paper. It's so a four mana flash card. That's really cute. Um, yeah, yeah. Super cute. But then pest infestation is my go-to. Also a cute card. Also cute. Yeah. I think this is looking green's looking pretty strong here. We always talk about how they don't need more favors uh, but we just talked about three cards that i think are going to become pretty popular uh which is uh guardian augmenter pest infestation and blossoming bog beast all pretty good yeah all right let's move on to the multicolored cards we're actually almost there 10 cards remaining and then we're done with c21 wow <gasps> man a lot of podcasting happening these days <laughs> Ink Shield, this card also one of the most valuable cards in the set now. Ooh, I didn't know that. It's three, a white, and a black for an instant. So five mana instant. Prevent all combat damage that we dealt to you this turn. For each one damage prevented this way, create a 2-1 white and black inkling creature token with flying. So a little different, a bit of a fog here, because if I get swung out with just one 5-5 five, five, and I cast Ink Shield, I'm making five 2-1 white and black inkling creature tokens with flying. That is a swing right there. Yeah, and that's just sure. one creature at, that's a 5-5. Five, five. Like, I can imagine so much bigger attacks that you could blank with this. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting, but typically, like, Arachnogenesis is the card that I compare this to. It's about the number of creatures attacking you, and it doesn't even blank them. You can, like, create the one-twos, and they can block, and no combat damage will be dealt, you know, yeah. to but your those, creatures. But those fun fogs, like Arachnogenesis, like, I think this still kind of belongs in that area where it's it's a very cool and interesting fog, but it loses a lot of its utility because it costs five. Yeah, fortunately, white and black is the color of removal. You could just hold open a four-mana white and black removal spell. There's lots of different things you could hold up around that five-mana mark in white and black because you're getting rid of everything. Ink Shield, I feel like it's one of those cards you don't want to wait for the sweetest time to do it. If someone hits you for three to six damage, just cast it if you have nothing else to do because you're making so many two-ones. Maybe they can block profitably, but otherwise, you're making a bunch of flyers. These are two-one flyers. You can do a lot of damage on the other on the crackback. It's back. so good. Yeah, and I think that that's... You, you You've hit it up. A lot of times we save the fogs uh, for to do this big thing to like yeah. this be this big swing, and you kind of need to for a fog, right? To use it at that exact moment when Huge they've de- exactly oh, when no, they've they deployed everything. Aha, got like them. that's traditionally when you'd use the fog, but this is like value fog token generator. It's like another yeah. hoop to jump through to get through tokens, and you can generate a lot of them. I'm I'm all in. I think it's great. Aristocrats, go nuts! Awesome. Okay. Next, we have Oversimplify, three green blue for sorcery, exile all creatures. Each player creates a zero, zero, zero green and blue fractal creature token and puts a number of plus one, plus one counters on it equal to the number of creatures they con- controlled. Why is this card? Why <laughs> does this way? card exist? Why does this card exist in the two best colors for Commander Green Blue? They have everything a Commander deck needs, and now they can exile every creature on the board for five mana? 
I mean, it's five mana, not four, Jimmy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I The oversimplification of this is that green and blue do not need an effect this powerful. They kind of needed to jump through more hoops for board wipes, didn't they? Yeah, I don't know, man. It just doesn't make sense to me. Green, right, they don't have great board wipes. They're usually damage-based or they're like Azuri's Predation. Costs a lot of mana. Not easy to do. Or they're yeah. ones that you're not casting, like those big, huge wipe ones. Yeah, artifact-based ones. Yeah. Or like, you're like, oh, what's your Bane plan of getting progress. rid of creatures? Yeah, you know? oh, darn. I'm gonna, I'm gonna super fight with Pelucranos. Like, yeah. <laughs> and blue is about bouncing stuff to your hand. You've got the cyclonic rifts and stuff. And that was what kept those two things in check in terms of board wipes. Now they have something that exiles every single creature. Sure, everyone gets like an X, uh, an XX whatever fractal, but this is still such a powerful ability. It's not destroying them, it is exiling them. I mean, I guess it could feel like a big curse of the swine. Yeah. I'm I'm stretching. You're stre- we're all see, stretching. I can see where like it could be kind of a part of the color pie, but but honestly, like this is a pretty like powerful exile board wipe. It's a very powerful board wipe. And uh, a lot of the times you don't care about a dumb untrampling fractal. Yeah. Plus you're in blue. Bounce the heck out of it the next turn. Hey, yeah, I don't know. Like I think oversimplified doesn't need to exist. I think I'd rather see a sweet red white board wipe that does cool things. I remember seeing like settled wreckage and being like, oh cool, that's cool. White's doing something pretty big and impactful. But then seeing oversimplify happen, I just don't know if this is necessarily going to be good for the format because we don't blue green and blue don't need extra help. They already have so many different ways to interact with stuff, and they've got card drawn, rampant, all the things. So to me, I'm I'm a little upset that oversimplify is printed. Are you gonna play it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you? It's pretty sweet. Exiling everything, man. Good stuff. Um, okay, next up we got reinterpret two a blue and a red for an instant. I also like this card a lot. Counter target spell, you may cast a spell with an equal or lesser mana value from your hand without paying its mana cost. Okay. 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 So counter spells are better the cheaper that they are. Correct. Because counter spells are by their nature reactive. You have to have them and have the mana at just the right time to answer what your opponents are doing. So we've seen that five mana counter spells desertion or the one that creates treasures or you know confluence yeah, yeah hard to things cast, like that right they can be hard to cast you know because you don't want to pass the turn with five six mana up so that's the problem because like if right the, those decks are asking themselves okay if i'm not casting this six mana sublime epiphany then what else can i do with that mana from my hand so i don't just waste a turn rotation because you don't want to wait and this has happened to me many times so i gotta cast but i'm gonna wait mm-hmm. play a ramp spell pass play a dumb spell pass played nothing pass and you're like okay and now i just wasted that mana i could have cast something else Ugh. and it's harder to double spell too which we know that when you start double spelling it ends up being really powerful now four mana might be on the edge of of playable in there I think but it also is around around there yeah but also you might be able to do that sort of thing where you counter a spell and get to sort of double spell with this one yeah you get to cast a card that is four or less mana value that's pretty good this is similar to like the expertises or electro dominance um so i think the main thing is you want to play this in a deck that is going to try to counter stuff and hold up mana anyway and maybe you can do something like you wrote down here cast ancestral vision uh those zero cost suspend spells and then blam you draw a bunch of cards off it oh i i want i want you to read the other one besides oh i didn't want to read it you got to read the other one jimmy restore balance yes yeah 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 that's i think i honestly i honestly believe this is for a later podcast for us to argue about but i honestly believe that white should have more balancing effects to to, ah 
Yeah, they're currently be... balancing the other way, right? They're like going up, like exactly. trying to catch up with lands. But you're saying we should go the opposite. Uh, white is all about taxing people and pushing them down. Like it's true. The 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 wheat that grows the fastest gets cut down. I don't mm. know if that's actually a saying. Yeah, that's like, what they're doing with stores of plushers, right? Yeah. So maybe it maybe but that's the thing is the players get salty, so maybe the solution is like balance all the stuff, make everyone sacrifice yeah, the things, balance. and then Every player has to receive a personal compliment from you so they feel better about it afterwards. Jimmy, uh, you've broken the color pie and magic itself. Yes, I uh, did it. But being able to cheat things for better than they are is quite good. And so being able to get more than the mana value of this yeah. can be really good. But it is, like we said, that the counter spells are reactive and situational. And then also having something relevant that you want to cast in hand, ready to go, is also reactive and conditional. Yeah, I mean, it's nice if you got maybe like a divination or something to cast. It's tough because like Insidious Will is a similar thing. You're holding up four mana for that. And it feels good when you get to use it, but it requires an instant or sorcery. But this is nice because it is any spell that gets countered, which is nice. Unconditional counter spells are great. Um, so I think just you have to look at your deck and ask yourself, am I going to be holding up this amount of mana? And if I do, what I'm going to need to have multiple things to do. Maybe it's a three and a blue draw spell that's an instant speed if you're not countering anything because you have to always consider that there's going to be times when you hold up four and nothing gets played that you want to counter. Oh, I know. Okay. Uh, next up, we have Revival Experiment. It's ah. four green, black for a sorcery for each permanent type. Return up to one card of that type from your graveyard to the battlefield. Hey. You, use, you lose three life for each card returned this, this way. way. <laughs> Exile Revival Experiment. Okay, so what are the permanent types that we're looking for? We got lands, we got planeswalkers. I should have said planeswalkers last, they're usually the last one in there. Enchantments, artifacts, creatures. So yeah, you can get a bunch of stuff back with this five things, right? So at that is at its very, very best. Six man return five things, lose 15 life. Wow, you're losing 15 life? That is a lot. That's like almost half your life total in Commander. And that's if you happen to have all of these things. Like, yes. are you often going to have everything? Probably not. Definitely, I mean, like, usually the Planeswalker is missing from that equation. Enchantments aren't as plentiful as creatures in your deck usually. Let's say you just have a bunch of sorceries and instants in your graveyard. But, then... you, can't, but you can't even get two creatures, right? Yeah, you have to choose a different one for each one, right? Okay, so let's run through the different things. Like, you get uh, six mana you get a creature and let's say a planeswalker. That seems like a very powerful thing to get back. And a land. I think typically you're almost always gonna be able to get a land with this by this point in the game. Okay, so, but are, do you want to pay three life to get that land? I guess so. Maybe. I mean, you are ramping, so. So two things back, six mana. Six li life. Six life. Okay. Six mana, three things, nine life? That seems okay. So Jimmy, I have a question for you. At what point in time is just command the Dreadhorde better? Well, Commander Dreadhorde picks out of everyone's graveyards, notably. And you can get multiple creatures. You could get a creature, creature, yes. creature, something like that. Uh, you might be paying more life, but when you're talking about nine life, that's a real cost. Yeah, it's a real cost. Also, Commander Dreadhorde is just in black, uh, and maybe you are in a, a deck that can gain a lot of life. Um, so, I don't know, Revival Experiment, it's experimental for sure. It's got really cool art. We don't doubt that. <laughs> But I don't know if this is something that you actually are going to play in your deck unless you are, I think, a heavy mill deck and you're always going to have good targets for this. So I compared it to Ever After, which, by the way, does not see Commander play very yeah, much at all. Yeah, that's a bummer. I like that card. Six mana, get two things back, and people don't play it because it's very difficult to sort of cheat that much mana and you're not really cheating things into play when you're casting it on turn six. Yeah. That's the thing that you have to realize is that like you're not 
getting an explosive thing on the board when you're doing it on turn six. Like when you cheat things in on turn like two or three, mm, you know, those reanimates and those um, animate deads and those necromancies, those are sort of ramping you up so much in, in mana uh-huh. that it becomes a really big deal. The command, the dread horde gets you again, so much mana advantage over it. I'm wondering when you have to pick different permanent types, if you can really get to that level of mana advantage. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, maybe you're playing this in a Tassiger, a Hogak, or a Sidisi deck because you just have so much mill in there. But you have to realize that at a certain point, this card reads six mana, don't play it because you're going to die if you take too many things out of your graveyard too. Hmm. So there is a little bit of a downside there that at part of the game, closer to when you're able to cast it, maybe you're at a lower life total, or you just don't want to pay 10, 9, 12 life to get that stuff back unless it's really going to win you the game. So I think in combo decks, yeah, you're, you're willing to do that, but six mana is a lot, and I'm sure there are more efficient ways to get that stuff out of the graveyard anyway. Our last multicolored card is Wake the Past. It's Lorehold. Five, a red, and a white for a sorcery. Return all artifact cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. They gain haste until end of turn. So that haste is there for the artifact creatures. Um, this is the big finisher in Lorehold. This is like finally them saying, you know, we are trying to open the vaults type dealio. We have a lot of things we want to bring back um, just from your graveyard to the battlefield. And hopefully you're winning the game the moment you do this. Yeah, open the vaults. It's a little bit of, it's not quite right because it brings everything back from everyone's, everyone's graveyards graveyard, yeah. and it hits your enchantments too. So I think that if you're just going artifacts, like this is just way better because it's focused. It targets everything. And I think that you cannot underestimate that haste. Yeah, Osgear the Reconstructor, it's the perfect kind of card for that deck now. Red, white artifacts matter. Seems like a really fun archetype. I hope to see more people building and playing it. Wake the Past seems like one of those things where like you play this later on in the game, you've stacked a bunch of stuff. Congrats, you're going to win the game because you can swing out with it wherever. What are you going to get back? Um, so I guess you can always get back an infant combo because I know that there are artifacts out there that you can get back the right ones and you make infinite mana or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I wrote down a few ones. Uh, I like a Reaper King and a bunch of Scarecrows. <laughs> so you can make a Lorehold Reaper King deck or a Reaper King deck that is heavily artifact themed. Well, Scarecrows are oftentimes artifacts. Right. So a lot of them come back with that. Um, do you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to have the Reaper King in my, on the back. In my command zone, sure, why not? You know what I mean? And then if it dies, you know what? I'll cast this and I'll get them all back. Or if it happens to be on the battlefield, you know, I'll just bring back all the scarecrows and then just like, yeah, bam, 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 bam. You could bring some cool (laughs) stuff back. Again, you're in you're in the colors that can discard a lot and rummage. So maybe you've tossed a dark steel forge in there and then awake the past also gets you that indestructibility. Oh yeah. You know, or you're bringing back, what's that big anthem? I totally forgot the name, but it gives your creatures indestructible flying. Eldrazi Monument. Yeah, an Eldrazi Monument type card. Yeah, so there's interesting things you could do with Wake the Past. The haste is so good too. Yeah, the nice thing is that Wake the Past gives haste to all the artifacts you bring back, but in the card like Eldrazi Monument gives cards that aren't hasty on the battlefield. I don't know. You're probably just playing this and winning. So what am I talking about? (laughs) Um, finally, though, an Indiana Jones reference, because it's uh, the flavor text, belong in a museum. I think we should let relics belong wherever they please, said Quintorius Lorehold Mage Student after watching Indiana Jones. Oh, Good job. Good stuff. All right, what do you think about the multicolored cards? Uh, multicolored cards, so there's one for each of the colors. Clearly, Ink Shield seems like it's pretty up there, but so is Oversimplify. Uh, reinterprets okay, Wake the Pass is better. So we got three good ones, two somewhat clunkers um, or more deck specific. I think I like Oversimplify, but I don't know if I should. Jimmy, you... I don't you, like it. You I mean, wrote I don't it, like it. Jimmy, you wrote it on the outline in all caps. Yeah. You just like caps locked. I was like going through the outline and I got to this card and I started, I just started writing an idea. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to write my thoughts out. Uh, uh, on one line, it just says, excuse me in all caps. 
Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. Why does this card exist? Okay. <laughs> okay. First up, we have Elementalist Palette, three mana for an artifact. Um, I'm going to skip a little bit of text because it sure. just says tap, add one mana of any color. Okay. So baseline, three mana artifact, add one mana of any color. We've had a three mana artifact that adds some colors and oh, you yeah. said that that baseline is just fine. And that baseline this, is fine. It's not, you're not writing home about it. It's not your two mana ramp, but it's still fine. This does more. Oh okay. boy. Whenever you cast a spell with X in its mana cost, put two charge counters on Elementalist Palette. You can also tap this for colorless for each charge counter on Elementalist Palette. Spend that mana only on costs that contain X. Okay, so this doesn't ramp you like crazy for anything else but X spells, but turns out X spells are pretty good to ramp a lot of mana into because they are Hydras. They're they're so cool. X spells are fun. People love playing X spells, and this is the X spell mana rock. Yeah. So for the first X spell, whether you use this on it or not, this becomes a worn power stone. Taps for two, yeah. Awesome. Three mana taps for two, yeah. But it has to be for X spells, but still pretty good if your decks it yeah, X, has X spells in it. Dex X X spell X X spell. And then your next X spell, you know, bigger and bigger. Taps for four. Yeah. And then six, like. That seems good. Yeah, I like this a lot because this is just like the perfect mana rock for those X spells. You're putting two charge counters each time. That's pretty cool. Um, walking Ballista, all oh. your Hydra decks rise up. You, so the, the commanders that <laughs> this deck works in, Zaxar the Exemplary, Roshin Meanderer, maybe Mizzix of the Is Magnus because you're trying to cast huge X spells, you know, for burn spells and stuff. Gargos, Vicious Watcher, but it seems like a really good mana rock in those decks. One thing that's also really nice is that spend this mana only on costs that contain X. Ah, so, so it you doesn't can use even, it to activate something for X yeah, and red or whatever, right? Use it right? that too. So yeah. um, I think that, that this is just like a no-brainer in Expo decks. Like you you playing as XR deck, you're just like, absolutely, 100%. Yeah. We don't have to convince you to do that. But Jimmy, how many X spells do you need for this to be an acceptable mana rock? Uh, well, three mana does add one mana of any color. You're going to need a lot. Because otherwise, right, like, why is this in your deck? Well, you could run any other card that does three mana. You could run a Dark Steel Ingot. You know, you could run a lot of different stuff. You don't need that X spell thing unless you got a bunch, I think. I think you need a lot. How many do you think? I think that you regularly, like, I've, I've done stuff, and if you have six of a card, you are likely to see it in a game of Commander. Mm-hmm. You need you need more than one X spell for sure. So oh, I think sure. you need like you need ten to fifteen okay. to just have this be fine. Right, because you need to cast that first X spell to get the counters, and then you need to draw the other one to cast that with the man you're getting from this. Exactly. So I yeah. really do think that this that like it sounds cool, but you really need to have this be an X matters deck. I like what you wrote here though, which is if you have a commander with an X in their casting cost, having this out means that they're always going to be negated for their commander tax because you tap this for two, then four, then six, then eight. Uh, Gadwick, Grenzo, Gyrus, uh, Maga, Micaeus, the Verizal. white one, Verizal. All of those are commanders with X in their casting cost. And some of those have pretty big effects when you play them too. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool. That means that I don't think that you need, because you always have one X spell in your hand at all times. Yeah. Then I don't think you need a critical mass of X spells in your deck to just have this be a good yeah, mana yeah, rock. Yeah. I like that. Cool card. All right, next up we have Geometric Nexus. It's a two-mana artifact that says whenever a player casts an instant or sorcery spell, put a number of charge counters on Geometric Nexus equal to that spell's mana value. Wow. And then you can pay six to tap and remove all charge counters from Geometric Nexus, create a 0-0 green and blue fractal creature token, put X plus one plus one counters on it, where X is the number of charge counters removed this way. So this 
early gaming place on turn two, and by the time it's turn eight or nine, maybe when you tap and use this, you're making like a 15-15, a 20-20, maybe even bigger. Six. Yeah, six is a lot, though. My, the creature doesn't have trample or anything, but like oftentimes big dumb creatures that have no other abilities aren't aren't that good. Yeah, I, I don't love this. Uh, you have to wait, right, for it to be good. Otherwise, right, like you're paying six to make anything lower than a six six is not acceptable. I think you want to make something huge and then you fling it. Just fling it. That's what I always say. Just Jimmy, you like fling the it. fling stuff. Um, I actually like to compare this to Phyrexian processor, which, mm-hmm. by the way, when I started playing Commander, was a house. Yeah. And I never see it anymore. But Phyrexian Processor is a four mana artifact and you pay life and then you can start paying four into it to pump out those things. Uh, and it was a really fun card to just be like four mana, make a 10-10, four mana, make, make a 10-10. Ten, ten, ten. Ten. But you're not pumping it out that much anymore. Well, and also like, I don't know. Okay. The Let's, only upside about Geometric Nexus is that you can play it early. But if you play it late, if you draw this in turn five or six, you're going to hate it. <laughs> for sure. Okay. Uh, tempting Contract. Four mana for an artifact. At the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent may create a treasure token. Oh. For each opponent that does, you create a treasure token. Oh, so it's like a tempting with card, attempting discovery, tempted, whatever. Tempting contract. Yeah, so... Jimmy, would you ever make a treasure token with this? No, I just would... I mean, imagine you play this DJ. You pass turn, everyone's like, oh, a tempting contract. But if no one's like mad struggling for mana when it comes back around to your turn, you go, hey, who wants to make a treasure token? And everyone goes, nah. You just play a four mana, literal do nothing in your deck. I'm so sad. There needed to be a little bit sweeter deal on this. Like you always make one or something. Right, like that. right, right. At the beginning of your upkeep, you make a treasure token. Then each other player. We're doing the thing again, DJ. We're I know we're doing the thing. Okay, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Right. So this card, it seems kind of cool. I think again, it does depend on the play group. Maybe there is a sweet play group that is going to always say yes. But then, like, if everyone's always saying yes, that's a good card. Yeah. But also, um, I think that it's deceptively bad because people can pick and choose when to do their treasures. So you don't get to choose when you get this influx of treasures, yeah. but other people do. So Jimmy's looking at his hand as he's saying, oh, I need a treasure for this is expropriate. Okay, I'll do it. And I'll then suddenly yeah. Jimmy's ramped into something relevant and important that he's planned out on his turn. And I've gotten an unpredictable influx of treasure that I can't reliably use. Yeah. It's it's all of those Punisher effects where the people that have the choice have the power. I Get- just don't like this card at all because even in the, the playgroups that are going to want it, at a certain point, you're going to look at the board state and be like, I'm not going to give you treasures. Look at your hand size or whatever it is. Clearly, you're going to do something nasty and awful with it. So no thanks. You can just say, everyone's going to say no, and that's where you're going to land. All right, next up, we got Triplicate Titan. This is a nine-mana artifact creature golem that's a 9-9 nine, nine with Flying Vigilance and Trample. Three keywords. And when Triplicate Titan dies, create a 3-3 colorless golem artifact creature token with flying, a 3-3 colorless golem artifact creature token with vigilant, and a 3-3 colorless golem artifact creature token with trample. So it's getting all three of the keywords onto three different 3-3s. It's kind of like Wormcoil Engine, but it's nine mana. Um, it's a lot of, you know, a lot of threes involved in this. <laughs> I like this because artifacts, you can cheat them into play. Yes. And you need more big things to cheat into play. I think like the go-to in other things that cheat them into play is like Sundering Titan, which is banned in our format. Yeah. You know, so when you see like, oh, well, other formats use Sundering Titan, we can't use it. What do you go to next? Um, the Triplicate Titan. I, I think so, because a lot of people cheat Mer Battlesphere. And I think yeah. that this is cool. Like, this might be like 
maybe better than Mer Battlesphere or something like that. I mean, I don't maybe know. Maybe it's even better than Worm Coil Engine in the decks that are just trying to treat stuff out. Now, of course, the Death Touch Lifelink is very important. This is Flying Vigilance Trample. I agree. But you can Oz gear this out, getting two copies, killing it again by sacrificing it, and then blam, well, you're making so much stuff out of it. Any, we've talked about this already at the beginning of the episode, the reanimator sack artifacts with Goblin Welder, Duretti, um, all of those trash for treasure are ways to get to cheat this out and then blam, well, you got a big hunky-dory dude at the end of it. Wake the past. Not even a dude, you get a bird and a, and a freaking ox. <laughs> you get all sorts of cool things. All right, next up, we have a land called Study Hall. You can tap it to add a colorless mana. You can also pay one and tap, add one mana of any color. When you spend this mana to cast your commander, scry X where X is the number of times it's been cast from the command zone this game. Eh, not great. Don't love it. Um, Josh really dislikes this card. You can yeah. compare it to Myriad Landscape, kind of, or Opal, sorry, Opal Palace. Um, some of them give plus one, plus one counters versus just a scry. I mean, yeah, it's not great. I, here's the thing. When you are fixing is usually good, but fixing at the cost of mana puts you a whole turn behind ah. and that's horrible. Yep. Yeah. I only run Opal Palace in my March Chase deck because it gives a plus one, plus one counter. And is it amazing? No. You, you, you now, especially because there are a few more options in those colors to add plus and plus and counters, you don't want to wait a turn to cast something. Like you feel the mana. slowness of it, right? Oh, when it definitely. costs one extra You're mana. just like, ugh, you're like walking through a sludge. Ugh. Like, just imagine your favorite commander and be like, what if it costs one mana extra? And you get that feeling like, eh. like, yeah. that's what study hall is. Don't play it. Okay. Final card of the night is Witch's Clinic. It's a land that taps for colorless. And you can also pay two and tap it to give target commander gains a lifelink until end of turn. Kind of cool. It does not specify creature, so you can actually target your Perforos or your Clothis God of Destiny when they're still not creatures. That is uh, hilarious to me. Lifelink. I didn't realize that, that you can target your Perforos and then go off and then yeah. gain a bunch of life too. Um, oh you want to target Heartless Hidetsugu with this because you're going to be able to gain all that life from it, removing it from everyone. That's pretty cool. You mentioned Grevin, Predator Captain as well. Yeah, it seems good. You want to be able to gain that life back because you're losing it to draw those cards. Having it come into play untapped is really, really good. Uh, you don't want to sacrifice speed uh, in a lot of your decks, but remember, colorless lands are a real cost. So yeah. uh, monocolored decks, it goes really good in. Uh, even colorless decks. So like, I would play this in like a cause like the Great Distortion deck. Yeah, because you need that colorless mana pit. Um, two mana, keep in mind that that is a steeper activation cost. You hate doing it because it also taps the land itself so it's kind of like it costs three mana mm -hmm. but, but people play vault of the archangels and yes that's you know much narrower uh than this one you can target other commanders your opponent's commanders as well you wrote down tainted remedy what's the combo there i did a tainted remedy says that when they gain life they lose that Ooh. life instead of gaining it so you can basically have tainted remedy and then you're like aha your commander has lifelink and now you lose life instead yeah. of gaining it and dealing it to your Whatever. It's one of those like gotcha type plays, but interesting. Okay, yeah. cool. So not as many huge hits here uh, for the colorless. This is a hit for expels. Elementalist palette definitely, and then triplicate titan. I actually triplicate like titan. I really like as well. But you're right, not as many hits before. Not as many hits. Okay, let's talk about our picks for most powerful and favorite new Commander 2021 card. So for most powerful DJ, I think. Uh, astute viewers will be able to figure it out. What do you think it is? Uh, I put down surge to victory. It. Look, if it's, it's sorry, six is this mana. your favorite or most powerful? This is a favorite. Sure, yeah, this is favorite. Okay, okay, I'm gonna put down surge to victory because 
it does everything. Like uh, the the ceiling on this is insane. It's going to be so much fun to cast all those price of progresses or those lightning bolts or everything. Yeah. Casting time warp. Time warp. Time. Tur- Don't do that. Turning things sideways is fun. Pumping up everything is fun. Surging to victory is exciting. And then casting things for free is great. So this is going to be my like go-to fun spell of nice. the set. My favorite new card is Oversimplified. Just kidding. It's my least favorite, but I will be playing it. Uh, I think my favorite might be... I don't know. I kind of like Triplicate a lot. I like Battle Mage's Bracers as well because I just like that ability to re- to re- replicate stuff. And it's in red, so it means that red decks are going to be playing it. Red needs a little bit of help. So I like that so far. Of course, we're not counting the white, blue, and black cards because those were in our other set reviews. Because we forgot just, about all of them. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about them too. There's, we've been talking too many cards. All right, let's talk about the most powerful new card from this batch of cards here. What do you think? Um, I actually picked uh, Pest Infestation mm. because I think that being able to answer your opponent's relevant instant and sorcery spells are going to be really important. So it's the flexibility there. Oh, artifacts and enchantments. Uh, sorry, artifacts yeah, yeah. and enchantments. I just said exactly need the wrong. Reinterpret for those exactly the wrong thing. But <laughs> here's the thing: you need to be able to answer those things, and being able to get two for ones on on curve with pests and having the outlet of being able to pump a ton of mana in this and create a huge board of pests and answer everything. It's the flexibility that I think the power lies in that one yep i actually like cursed mirror the most uh, again i'm a huge fan of mirage mirror and the fact this is another mirror means that it's gonna have a lot of value it's good early and late um i'm just a big fan of that card it could also be my favorite new card who knows maybe maybe it's both this time around i know that i'm gonna put it in a bunch of decks and i'm so excited to have it copy something crazy yeah i can't wait to play it and have people go wait a second what and i'm like yep you betcha you betcha. Or in an Osgear deck where you play it early, then sacrifice it, bring it back, make two things. Amazing. Copies. All right, everyone. So of these cards, what are your favorites? Which cards are going in your commander decks? Tell us in the comments down below. And of course, if you want to pick up any of the cards or any of the combos that we talked about today, make sure you go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. You can pick up the Lorehold Legacies deck. It's my favorite of the pre-cons. Uh, there's lots of good value in these sets and just in general, a great gift for other people. Keep in mind that we don't only buy cards for ourselves. You can buy it for someone else as well. And while you're there, oh, nice or go to your LGS you know, support your local game store during these troubling times. Make sure you pick up some Ultra Pro product. They guarantee to have some of it in the back. I, we love their Eclipse sleeves. I'm putting my Pro Gloss sleeves on pretty much all my cards. I also use it to store into my binders as well. And they've got, like, and you see the back here, all sure. the new commanders. This one is a Jesper Icing Art of the Witherbloom one. And they're on the back of the sleeve. So you can actually have a Witherbloom deck with a Witherbloom commander. Say that 20 times fast. And stick all the right sleeves on it. Put on the right playmat. Ultra Pro is your go-to for that. Okay, no end step. We've talked too much about other stuff. Too much content is coming out. So we're just going to go to Cleanup Set, where we're going to go ahead and thank our editing, graphics, and logistics team of Manson Lung, Craig Blanchett, Ashlyn Rose, Lady Danger, Alfred Desaka, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Patrick Nan, Jordan Pridgen, Arthur Meadowcroft, Sam Waldo, and Gaurav Galati. And big thanks to Jeffrey Palmer, who does the living card animations that start and end the show, sometimes behind us here on set. You can find them online at Living Cards MTG. Wow. Whew. Thank you for joining us for reviewing this Commander 2021 set. We are so excited. Hope to see everyone on the battlefield soon at the Magic Fest. That's what Absolutely. I'm excited for. Absolutely. That's going to be fun. You're going to show us all your brand new brews that you came up this past year. Can't wait to see them all. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for watching. Bye, everyone. We'll see you next time. Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com.
or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.